If you have your Bible, turn to Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter, if you will, please. It's one of the great chapters in the Word of God. Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter. And let's see. We're going to read verse 16. The children of Israel have come out of 400 plus years of Egyptian bondage. A lot of hearts, a lot of minds, a lot of souls have been damaged and damaged severely. And so we pick it up in Deuteronomy 5 where God is giving the Ten Commandments. And we're going to read verse 16 since this is Mother's Day. Honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee that thy days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Let's read it again and let it sink in. Honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And then over in the sixth chapter, the people of God are being exhorted. And this is what they're saying. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in your heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the family, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house on thy gates. And it shall be, when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. It's not just coincidental that the first thing that God puts an emphasis on in the Ten Commandments 
is our families, our marriages. Because so goes the home, so goes the nation. And so goes the rest of the world. God is pinpointing, he's targeting certain things throughout the Ten Commandments. And I want to preach a Mother's Day message that's going to be a little different. But it's crucial. It's a message that America's families need to hear. Our homes need to hear. Our children need to hear. Because the family, it's the backbone of a society. It's what builds strong communities, strong cities, strong states, strong churches, strong businesses. Here God is giving the Ten Commandments to his children, and in verse 12, the Fifth Commandment says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Unfortunately, in today's culture, honoring our parents who have failed in their roles can be very challenging for millions of believers today. And not only for parent-children relationships, but in all kinds of relationships as well. Because iniquity is abounding. And governments and authorities are dividing states and nationalities because of what's happening in America, which we thought we would never see the day. It is happening now. It is happening in our generation. And the Bible says, because of everything that's going on in the world, but precisely in our nation, the greatest nation in the world is now under assault. And the Bible said, because iniquity is abounding in our streets, in our homes, in our government, there is only one sacred and safe institution in the entire world. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail it, shall not overcome it. Thank God there's a place of safety. There's a place to run to. There's somewhere where we can look and find the peace and the joy and the happiness and the stability. And that is in the house 
that God built. It's in His Son, Jesus Christ. And while children are confronted with many challenges due to the failures of their parents, God has the grace and strength and forgiveness for many sons and daughters to live very successful lives. I want you to stay with me. I might lose you as we go, but hang with me. And on the front row of the battle, thank God, are Americans' wonderful mothers and fathers who love God and country and are doing a terrific job in their parenting roles, parenting roles. And this church, thank God, there are a bunch of them. Some are deceased. Many are present. But I want to say to the mothers and the fathers of this congregation, thank God for you. Thank God that you have learned and understood the importance of fulfilling your role as God has directed you, as God has ordained for you. Thank God for our mothers. Thank God for the mothers that are under assault and being labeled as domestic terrorists because they want to stand up for their children. They want to stand up for what their children are being taught that is so ungodly, so vulgar. And it's our mothers that have come to the forefront. And it's our mothers and our homes that are under vicious attacks today. And there's been a lot of damage. I mean a lot of damage. And for millions and millions and millions of souls, they're not going to recover. That's what I want to talk to you about. So what does it mean to honor our mothers and our fathers? Actually, the emphasis of that commandment, and kids, don't you run with this, and go home and say, the pastor said that we don't necessarily have to obey you, Mom. The emphasis of what God is doing in the fifth commandment is directed primarily to adults. Sure, children ought to honor and children ought to obey their parents. But the emphasis is going much deeper and many people are missing it. It's very important to understand, because if we don't understand, we're going to miss a lot. It's very important to understand that the Ten Commandments are not given to free the people of God, but to show them what free and holy people look like. Notice in our text, God didn't give his children the Ten Commandments while they were still in Egypt and in bondage. 
requiring them to obey the, can, the commandments and then God would deliver them. It wasn't like that at all. God, out of sheer love and compassion and miraculously delivers the children of God to show the world what free people and holy people look like. That's why God gave the Ten Commandments. You, Jesus said to his disciples, you and you and you and you are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. And if the people in the world don't see people who are truly free and truly holy, the world is just going to give up. Ten Commandments, the commandments, they were given as a result of their salvation. Look at verse 6. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. The point is, beyond setting us free. God just doesn't want to set us free. God wants to showcase us. God wants to advertise us. God wants to display us. God wants the world, the neighborhoods, the schools, the governments to see what free and holy people really look like. Still with me? Help me preach. You see, it's not enough to set us free from bondage and hell but to call us into something else. We are living epistles read and known by all men. When people look at you, when they look at me, when they look at our children, they need to say, these people have been with Jesus. My God, what a commandment. God says, I have a land flowing with milk and honey. I have a promised land. I have a destiny and gifts and callings. But it's not enough that you have been saved. There's a new life. There's a new beginning, a new hope that God is calling you and I into. And what happened back then is just a type of what God wants to happen today. They came out of Egyptian bondage, but thank God we come out of Egyptian bondage that is a type of sin. 
And to demonstrate this new life, God gives commands. Commands to keep us free. Commands to resist all the appearances of evil. Commands to prove our love for him. For 400 years, these Israelites have been shaped and molded and conformed and brainwashed into the ways of Egyptian living. And that historic moment is being relived again in America and in our world and in our countries all over again. So the Ten Commandments are given because of their particular behavior, their particular experience. God doesn't give random helter-skelter commands, but commands that respond to how they lived and how they have been conditioned to live in a world of sin, in a world of darkness. We all come from different backgrounds, different cultures, different nationalities. So if God rescued me from a family like the Hatfields and the McCoys who just hated others all the time, then God would give me a commandment to love thy neighbor, to love one another. If I come out of a background where, I'm, where, where we're filled with hatred, God will give us a commandment. Love one another. Be kind to one another. You see, God doesn't give commandments that miss. He's given commandments to hit us right between the eyes. Because God wants the best for all of us. If you come from a background or a family who never forgave others, God would give you a commandment. You must forgive. You must forgive. I know what you're thinking. Stay with me. You see, that's what's happening in our country today. Through all kinds of medias, we are being conditioned today to hate one another. But thank God for godly mothers who know how to love and know how to teach their children to love. That's why the Ten Commandments are very precise. After being conditioned for 400 years, God gave them commandments that resisted unholy living. Oh, how God is looking out for us. Oh, how God loves us. And you kids, you think when your mother gives you an order or a command and says obey, you look at them like they're crazy. You look at them like, get out of my life. But the best thing that can happen to you or me or anybody else is to obey the commandments of God. Look what's happening because we forgot God. We're killing one another. We're killing our babies. 64 million babies since Roe versus Wade. 
We're marrying same sex. We look weird. We got all kinds of genders now. You got all kinds of demonic behavior. And the whole time we're professing, they're professing themselves to be wise. And God from heaven, it says you're a bunch of fools. You'd be out of your mind to abandon God in this culture today. You would, be, you would be assigning your children to suicide to turn your back on God and not do the best you can to live for God and be faithful to God and to worship God and to love God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. That's why the Ten Commandments are pinpointed. And after being conditioned for 400 years, God gave them commandments that resisted the way they've been living, the wrong way they've been living. You see, they had other gods. So what's the first commandment God gave them? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God's looking out for us. The second commandment addressed their idolatry. They made idols. While they were still in the wilderness, they'd been free. They come through the Red Sea. And Moses goes up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. And there they are worshiping a golden calf and having an orgy. And God still looks down upon them with love and mercy and he gives them a commandment. Thou shalt have, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. They didn't revere the name of God. So the third commandment said, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That means if you hit your finger with a hammer or you get mad at somebody and you say GD or JC and you use the Lord's name in vain, I want you to know you're not saved. Did you hear me? Millions of Protestants and Catholics are throwing the F-bomb and every other kind of curse word around like it's candy. But you're not saved? I don't care how many preachers tell you you're saved or how many doctrines say you're eternally secure. You're not saved if you use the Lord's name in vain. So get a life. Don't be stupid. Why? Because somebody up there loves you. Somebody up there wants every one of us to make it regardless of how messed up and ugly and cruel and crazy we were when we were in sin. God, while we were yet sinners, Christ ordained for his son to die for you and me. How can you turn your back on that? Got to be out of your mind. 
So when God, so when we get to the fifth commandment, what was happening for 400 years? What was going on in Egypt that God gave the family, the mother and the father, a strict commandment, and the children as well? The first three commandments, if you've noticed, are directed to God. The fourth commandment, you see, what a God he is. In Egypt, they didn't go on vacations. They didn't go on R&R. They weren't able, they, they worked and labored like slaves seven days a week. But God, he said, after six days, it's time to rest. It's time to regroup. So God gave them a commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy. That fourth commandment was a connection between God's commandments that, that directed us to obey him to the other six commandments which have got to do with our relationships with others. The last six are all about commands to our neighbors, to one another. And building healthy relationships with one another. Note, there are more commandments to our neighbors and others than to God. What's that saying to us? We can't brag on saying we love God if we don't love one another. That means we're thrown into something for 30, 40, 50 years. And the hardest thing we've got to do is get along with one another. So we better be careful how we talk to one another, how we look at one another, how we think about one another, and how we treat one another. Thank God. You see, what do people say all the time when you ask people, you Christian? Oh, sure, I love God. I've been saved 40 years. 
I'm a deacon. I'm a Sunday school teacher, a preacher. I love God. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Protestant, a Jew. I love God. The Muslims tell you, I love God. It's too easy to say, I love God. It's too easy to say, He's first in my life. I go to church regularly. I belong to the Masonic Lodge. Hodge, Podge. The Elks, the Knights of Columbus. Ain't nobody gonna get you right with God except Jesus Christ. There's only one man between God and men. It's the man, Christ Jesus. The only connection between you and I to heaven is Jesus. But what about the person you don't like? You can't stand. You don't say nice things about him. Our measure of our love for God is related. It's connected to our measure of love for people. So when we get to the fifth commandment, note it's directed to our families, parents, the backbone, and stabilization of society. Our homes, our marriages, everything about our lives is under vicious attack. And that vicious attack is being launched against America's families, the nuclear families. Now they're talking about men having babies. You've got to be out of your mind. You need to pick up a rock and hit somebody in the head and wake them up. It's easier sometimes to love our church family than it is to love our own families because of the damage and the vicious attack that our families are under. It's easier to love our missionaries, Elijah. Everybody in the church loves you. You don't have one enemy. Probably because you're always away most of the time. (laughs) Don't let them fool you. Oh, but this message has a great ending. It's easier to love our evangelists and friends in the world than it is to love our siblings sometime and to love one another. It's easy to love people outside of our tribe, but God makes it clear if our love is not working in the home, if our love is not working in the marriage, don't export it and try to bring it into the kingdom of God. It's got to be working this way first. Because if it's not working this way, it's not going anywhere vertically. 
And the whole time, God is just looking out for us because he wants to put us on display. God wants to say to the world, look at my trophies. Look at my sheep. Look at my children. There's nobody in the world like them. There's nobody in the world that's as free as them. So the first word God gives is directed toward the home. Honor. Because if genuine love doesn't work in the home, you can kiss it goodbye in our societies. Why would God's first commandment to others be directed to our homes? Don't miss it. Because for over 400 years, while in Egypt, nobody was treated with honor with respect. Nobody was treated with dignity. They were treated like animals, like slaves, like less than human. Egypt didn't bring the best out of them, nor the wilderness. The word to honor means to treat someone with dignity, with reverence, respect, To honor someone means to value their life. The word honor, I looked it up in the Hebrew Hebrew meanings, and it means weighty. It means weightiness. Here's someone that's got weight. Someone that God ordained to watch out for our children, our sons and daughters. And God gave them a gift, instincts. Mothers know how to solve problems. Remind me of the story, true story. This one woman was taking her two little girls to, to, to church. And she's a southern gal, and she loved to dress them to the hilt, the bows and the pretty dresses and everything. And the two little, the three-year-old and the four-year-old in the back seat, and she's rushing to get there. It's late. And the little three-year-old girl says, Mommy, I don't have any panties on. That's a problem for a mother. Because mothers are problem solvers. And the mother knew that the youngest girl who didn't have her panties on was somebody that liked to climb all over the pews, do somersaults, fly, you know what I mean? So they're they're in the church parking lot now. And she says to the oldest one, give her your panties. And that oldest little girl 
sat like a wooden Indian the whole service and didn't move. But that three-year-old was all over the place. You see, mothers know what to do in emergencies. They know how to solve problems. They'll save you a lot of money going to these crazy people, these liberal people who are giving you all this wrong advice. Save your money. Go to a godly mother. Hallelujah. This honor, the word honor means to treat someone with dignity, with reverence. To honor someone does not depend on a parent's worthiness. It doesn't depend on the positive parental attributes that they bring to the table. This honor is indiscriminate of what they bring into life. To honor does not mean to feel affection for. It doesn't mean to love, to agree on, or obey, or to trust. It simply means to honor our parents because God made them and ordained them to watch for the souls of their family and they were made in the likeness and the image of God. That you cannot overlook. These people were about to enter into the Canaan land, a land in which they were to fight battles, fight with their enemies, a land in which they were going to have to work hard, very hard, build their homes, cultivate their fields, dig their wells, plant vineyards, build cities. But God knows as they entered into the promised land, there were going to be people who were there who were going to cross the Jordan who were old, who were seniors, who were weak, who were frail, and didn't have the strength to produce. And we don't discard people who are aged in God's kingdom because God says to honor them. In Egypt, their value under slavery was based on what they could produce. And if you couldn't get anything done, guess what? Goodbye. We're moving into euthanasia. We don't have a lot of honor and respect for our seniors anymore. They're left in their own waste for hours. And they can't fend for themselves. And sometimes 
Nobody hardly visits them. And if they just happen to get a good nurse, thank God, but most of them have got their own problems and they're frustrated and you're not their relative and so you're not going to get the care. What about our little babies in the womb? You see, in America these days, some look at the aged and ask, what can you produce? You can't help us anymore. Therefore, you're not needed any longer. You're not deemed as useful. And now since half of America has abandoned God and lost their respect for life, people are killing one another. We've aborted 64 million unwanted and irresponsible mothers' babies since Roe versus Wade. So who else is on display today when a nation murders 64 million babies and our seniors are being ignored. Who else is on display? Sin and Satan is on display. You see it in our streets. You see our seniors. You see them being assaulted, beat to a pulp, murdered, killing one another, stabbing one another. Things have broke loose in America. So God is saying in our text to honor our parents with respect and dignity. Honor them because who they are is based on the fact that they are made in the image and the likeness of God and they matter. Oh, they're not always right. They might even be mean, but they matter to God because God sent his only begotten son to die for them. And so to honor our mothers and fathers means to make space for our elders, to protect our seniors, to treat them with care, and all other humanity. To recognize the wisdom and experience our parents bring to the table That's why in Acts 2.17, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Notice the Holy Spirit does not discriminate. It's the seasoned saints who have wisdom. You may have retired from your job, but you are never retired from the kingdom of God until God calls you home. Many of us, many of us, many and millions and millions of churches, pastors have their hands full. Counselors have their hands full. People are coming into our pews who are broken, who are bruised, who are mad, who are angry, whose hearts are shattered. 
Many of, his, many of us grew up in homes where parents did the best they could. For some of us, they were present. They took us to our sports games. They hugged us. They gave us big birthday parties and grad parties. They loved us. And let me tell you something. It was easy to love them and it was easy to honor them. But for some of us, it wasn't that easy. Sometimes our fathers and our mothers were not a blessing to us. Perhaps more like a cursing to us. Some were abusive. Some ridiculed you, ignored you, abandoned you. As my father abandoned my twin brother and I when we were 18 months old. I didn't see the man for 15 years. And one day he showed up. And I said, hi there, stranger. Who are you? And let me tell you something. When you go through divorces, you better stay a Christian when you go through a divorce. And whichever side of the equation you're on, and you're both on in the equation, don't try to turn your children against your father or your mother. Because God is watching that too. You know why I was able? My father... He didn't take me to any games. He wasn't there. I didn't see the man. 18 months to 15 years old. Didn't even know he existed. But my mother always taught me and my brothers. Your father's coming over for supper. Act civil. My mother never remarried. Someone will come to my mother and said, Mary, you're a good-looking woman. Don't you want to remarry again? She said, what, are you kidding me? I wouldn't marry the king of Siam. Start washing dirty clothes and underwear? Forget it. But my mother didn't embitter us. You've got to protect, you've got to guard your children like a hawk. And you can't talk about the saints and you can't talk about the preachers and you can't talk about the saints. You got to protect your kids because there's going to be enough attack upon your children's minds when they go to school. By the way, you kids who are going to school in Newark, parents, you better get into those textbooks and see what they're teaching. It's right under your nose. But you don't want the convenience of having to pull them out or teach them or put them in a Christian school. You better protect your children. Because they're under attack. Let me wrap this up. Some experts... Millions and millions of children, people in this congregation, under the sound of my voice, have come from extremely difficult homes to honor their mother and father. 
Some experts tell us we should ignore the fifth commandment and think it's immoral to honor the fifth commandment. But the word of God understands the world doesn't understand the true and living God. Somebody will come along and say, well, you've been abused, you've been assaulted, you've been ignored, you've been turned out to fend for yourself. Throw that fifth commandment out the window. Don't you dare. Because you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what it really means. God's got your best interest in mind. And while God, and while good things have happened in some homes, in marriages, so have bad things happened. And the truth is, bad parents don't deserve our love and respect where children have been abused. But at the same time, now listen carefully, but at the same time, the fifth commandment, God knows what he's doing. But at the same time, we have to live in reality. We dare not ignore what happened to us. We do not go into self-denial because Jesus wants to heal us of such things. Jesus wants to heal bruised and broken and abused lives. And the point is, bad parents don't deserve our love and respect when they've been monsters, but we must also live in the reality of what happened to us. Repressing feelings and emotions and anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. They've been going on for years, tormenting some. And all those emotions and all those feelings, they get lodged into our bodies, our hearts, our memories. And stuff like that only gives Satan the opportunity to cut you off. So if honoring means ignoring the bad things that happen to us, the likeliness is our memories are going to just keep tormenting us and take away from us opportunities to smile again and love again and laugh again and fly again and be free again. Therefore, we should not be ignoring what has happened to us because Jesus wants to heal us and break the chains of the past that bind us from moving forward. It would have been easy for me to keep blaming all my failures on my father. But those excuses were just giving the devil opportunities to keep me chained to the worst events of my past. 
when what I needed most was for Jesus to set me free and to move on.com. For you to just wallow in your bitterness, your unforgiveness, your anger, your madness. All you're doing is shortening your life. I've talked to many people over the years of my ministry who were living in denial concerning their pain and torment of their past. And some blame God for their miseries and sadly don't ever break free and even worse, miss out on the opportunities for God to heal them. And millions of poor souls just keep living Blaming, blaming, blaming. Blaming this one, blaming that one, blaming the past. And those excuses need to be thrown out the window. So what are we to do? We need to honor our mothers and fathers. Not lie about the past, deny the past, nor blame the past. The only way out is to honor the fifth commandment. So what does honor mean I'm closing listen carefully to honor means we have to see ourselves as part of something bigger than just ourselves we are not just individuals on a journey we belong to God. We belong to the kingdom of God. We are bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's why I've said in the past, if we don't see ourselves as being connected to the work of God, We're not going to value it. If you think what we're doing in here is just us, you're not going to value it and you're not coming to revivals, you're not coming to prayer meetings, you're not going to try to live for God. But you're connected. You're connected to God. You're connected to the kingdom of God. You belong, I belong, we all belong to God. You're not an island out there all by yourself. And if you don't see yourself being attached to the work of God, then you won't value your walk with God. You won't value the things of God. We will take a nonchalant attitude towards the things of God. But if we see we are connected to the body of Christ, we will value the work of God much more greatly. You see, the reason so many people don't get serious about God and use the Lord's name in vain and come to church whenever they want to, because it's all about them and not about us, not about the kingdom of God, not about Jesus Christ who died for you. It's much bigger 
You see, we live, and it's all over the place, and it's sickening. We live in a narcissistic culture. We only see ourselves as me, myself, and I. It's my life, my body. I'll do with it what I want to. What caused God to destroy two civilizations already? It was when every man did that which was right in his own eyes, and every imagination of their hearts was evil continually. And when man starts living for himself, he starts getting crazy, he starts doing the wrong things, that comes up before God, and judgment comes down. We're there this morning. What's going up into God's nostrils today is just as bad as what was going on in the Diluvian world and on the plains of the city. Although the gospel is understood in individual terms, I got saved. I'm going to heaven. My sins have been forgiven. The gospel is also for the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In other words, when Jesus came into this world, he created, he created a worldwide family. When you're fighting a battle against temptation, when you're fighting a battle against sin, when you're doing everything you can, mom in the home, to, to guide your home, dad to lead your home, when you're doing everything you can, you are part of a worldwide family called the church of the living God. The church is a worldwide reality. We belong to God, I'm closing, and we belong to each other. So honor means to belong to something bigger than ourselves. Secondly, to honor doesn't mean blind obedience. It means as young and old brothers and sisters, we must respect the position that God gave our parents as the heads of each family. And lastly, to honor means to forgive our parents. I'm going to answer some of your questions. This may not be easy for some. So listen to why God says to honor your mother and your father. Honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. Why? that thy days may be prolonged upon the land which the Lord thy God gave thee. If you're harboring unforgiveness, hatred, bitterness, resentment, anger, and all that baloney toward anybody, that cannot help you live longer. Your constitution, your composition is all messed up. Your nerves are shattered. Your emotions are shattered. And all you're doing is shorten your life. 
If you don't let go of those things in the past, and I'll explain that. If you're holding things, it'll mess you up your blood pressure. And the point God is making, he knows those kinds of feelings and emotions will carry us to an early grave. God knows Stress is a disease. It's a malignancy. It's the wisdom of God that anticipates and looks out ahead of us because unforgiveness, bitterness, and hatred can tear our lives apart if we don't get help from God and let it go. That's why God says to honor your mother and father. It's not saying you have to love them, you have to admire them. You may hate them, but because God created them with potential and with roles, got to honor them. And I'll show you what that means. It's the wisdom of God that's ahead of us, knows what's out there. And doesn't want anything to derail us. Did not Jesus say to forgive our enemies? And to bless those who hurt us? So in loyalty to the kingdom of God, we are all called. Because of what we're attached to, we are all called to forgive. And sometimes that means our parents who have mistreated us. God understands that life can become cruel at times, and this honor is God's way of helping us get through many storms of our lives because God wants you to spend eternity with him. I close with this. I know you got questions. I'm going to try to answer them. Forgiving doesn't mean forgetting what someone did to you. You may never be able to forget what somebody did to you. Forgiving them doesn't mean forgetting what someone has done. Forgiving doesn't mean There are no consequences for the offenders. Jesus said offenses will come, but woe unto him by whom the offenses come. And if anyone uh, anyone hurts one of these little ones, it'd be better for him to turn and tie a millstone around his neck and jump into the sea. Nobody's getting away with anything, but you have to get free. Forgiving doesn't, forgiving doesn't mean you don't feel the pain and the shame of grieving. Forgiving doesn't mean reconciliation. You're honoring your mother and your father because of what God created them to be, but if they didn't live up to that, God still wants you to honor. And and forgiving someone 
doesn't mean reconciliation. You may never want to reconcile with them. You may never want to see their face again. But you got to let go of it. Forgiving doesn't mean things will be as they once were. They will never be. Can you see now why this fifth commandment to honor and forgive our parents? Justin, come on, let's sing that song. Can you see now why this fifth commandment to honor and forgive our parents and beyond is so beautiful and wise and so filled with God's love and compassion? It's because God doesn't want any kind of sin disease, any kind of emotion or a feeling or a bitterness or anything that's so unchristlike to continue to eat us up alive. God wants everything to be dealt with and not to let any emotions or feelings or hatred to interrupt our relationship with him because he loves us. God has given us holy commandments and divine principles to help us guard our souls from any contamination. God wants you and I to abstain from all appearances of evil. And that includes our emotions that we can't let go of because we've been so violated, so hurt. Jesus wants to free every soul from every heartache and every pain. And I've asked Justin to let's close on this song that came to me. So I'm going to ask you to stand. You may have questions. I'll try to answer them. But when you go through this life, you're going to have to let go of some things or they're going to take you out. I had every reason to hate my father. He never saw me hit a home run. He never hugged me. The only thing he ever did to me one day was started punching me. Then I told my mother, and he got punched. There's a lot going on in our pews, in our churches. But this is the song we all got to eventually sing. If you know it, sing it with us. And if you need to let go of some things, you may not even want to come down here this morning. Maybe it's too convicting. That's up to you. But God doesn't want no, no stress disease to torment you for the rest of your days. Let it go. So you can smile again. Fly again. And love again.